0: All right, everyone here at the Investing Stuff You Should Know podcast. Uh, Thank you for uh, listening to another episode and for joining us. We have a pretty exciting guest with us today, Amy Silvis. She has a pretty exciting journey. She uh, definitely has gone from the corporate route to the real estate route, but she has really unique perspective and some other interesting uh, perspective that she brings to this. So we're excited to have her join us.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an absolute delight and pleasure to be here.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. So. uh, Always, Obviously, the audience wants to know, you know, why we're speaking and then kind of where you come from. And then so just give us kind of a little bit of background on uh, maybe the start of the kind of the professional life. And then uh, we could step into I know you have a little interesting uh, story to, to tell uh, why you kind of maybe transition. And we'll talk about that as soon as we kind of give a little background on kind of where you're coming from.
1: Perfect. Yes, yeah, so as you mentioned, my name is Amy Silvis. I live in Los Angeles with my amazing husband Joel. Uh, we're both LA natives, kind of a rare, a rare thing in these parts. No. Um, I come from the uh, biotech world. I actually worked in biotech for thirteen years a very strong connection with helping others especially as they battled uh you know grievous illness and some of the most difficult times of their lives and as you mentioned i made the transition over to multifamily i've been a syndicator for about three years and while i had my w2 i passively invested to learn the space a bit and uh yeah well i know we'll dive into the details but um yeah currently uh invested in several markets in the southeast and absolutely love this space
0: nice um and how long, uh how long did you passively invest, Amy, before you you kind of you felt comfortable in going full time, uh, perhaps into the into into the syndication and the multifamily space?
1: Yeah, so I passively invested for about five years. Uh that wasn't it was intentional, but it wasn't. My <laughs> my health prevented me from going full time uh at you know a bit earlier. Uh, but it ended up as most things do, as a tremendous blessing in disguise because I received a bunch of you know great experience education. Um, and I think it's really made me the syndicator that I am today.
0: That's a that's a great story, and you hinted at uh, a really interesting piece here. And, and you've had some uh, some he- a health journey, so if you want to share that story with the audience, uh, I'd love to hear it myself, and uh, of, of course, course and the rest of us would like to hear it too.
1: Perfect. And as I mentioned to you, I'm an open book. So I'll give you kind of some headlines and we can go with it wherever you'd like. Um, I was born with a genetic illness called cystic fibrosis. And for those who aren't familiar with that, um, it's a chronic and progressive lung disease. So essentially, I knew from a very young age, and of course, my parents did, that my lungs would eventually give out over time. So I'm 41. When I was born in 1981, I was supposed to live to be maybe 18 years old. Uh, So all these... uh, Gray hairs and wrinkles and all that, I cherish them. Even yeah. <laughs> despite living in LA, I don't mind uh looking my age. Yes. Um <laughs> so I, I truly knew from a young age that if I was going to have a career, you know, thank God I graduated high school, went off to college, and I knew probably that my ability to trade time for money might not always exist. I think that's something most people take for granted, which is great, right? But I was on this feverish journey to figure out how can I still support myself when I was in and out of the hospital with lung infections and my ability to work just gradually diminished over time. So it took me a while to figure out that passive income was something that even existed, let alone something that I could do. But um, yeah, I think as I alluded to earlier, having a health condition, not the most fun thing, but uh, I received a miracle drug about three years ago, so my health is Tremendous now, but I get to benefit really? from all wow. these. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely healthy, but uh, I still get the benefits of, of you know, some of the challenges, all, all the things that I've learned and overcome. Uh, I think makes me who I am today.
0: Um, that's amazing, Amy. Um, my dad passed away from. Uh, I mean, not that, not that. I mean, just like to share kind of the commonality. My dad passed away from yeah. a brain tumor. He had that like for maybe mm-hmm. 12, about 12 years. And uh, yeah, wow. so like this, this you know, family, you know, family event, personal, or something that's really close to you uh living with a very long uh debilitating and my dad you know obviously like I said it you know eventually uh you know took him and so that's so fantastic to hear that you made it through and you're you're on health you're in the healthy space. And uh was that actually anything that was uh maybe was it just like one I'm just kinda of a little curious, a little sidebar. Yeah. Was it just like one drug uh and you just like took a pill or is like like kind of like uh more of a I guess biotech more more a uh, more fancy therapy. <laughs>
1: I love this question. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. If I can add just a little bit of flavor, cystic Please. fibrosis yeah. is an orphan disease. So there are only 30,000 of us in the United States. Imagine you're a biotech company and wow. you're going to spend $2 billion, right? That's what it takes to drug develop. Yes. Are you going to choose a disease that affects 30,000 people? Or are you going to choose a disease that affects millions upon millions like heart disease, diabetes? So, um, to your point, we didn't have medication uh, for a long time. We fundraised and tried to tried to get drug companies to be interested in us. But as it turns out, yeah, I take three magical pills, uh, two in the morning and one at night. And uh, while the lung damage I accrued over the 38 years without the drug uh, haven't, hasn't gone away, I'm still extremely healthy and can't believe all I have to do is just take a few pills and I'm gotcha. set.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so that, that kind of the, that was kind of your momentum uh, that gave you the momentum to really, really chase down an an alternative form of sustain a living and supporting yourself, you know? Uh, so then you kind of discovered passive income. And then also because there's lots of different, there's different kinds of passive income, but you right. zeroed in on, uh, you know, real estate and maybe more specifically multifamily. So give us a little bit of uh, that kind of that path from that. So you, you had corporate, you were in corporate and you had a health and maybe corporate and saw maybe both of those were motivating, uh, maybe more of the health. And then how did you kind of zero in on the multifamily as a passive, as a tool to generate the, the, your income?
1: I love that question because to your point, there is a lot of different, you know, there are many different kinds of of real estate out there. To me, again, going back to why I was attracted to biotech, multifamily, the ability to have an impact on families. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've been on the receiving end of people being gracious and giving and, and caring when they didn't even know my name. And that is really the disposition I have as an owner operator is, you know, my residents are not just a line on a rent roll or on a PL. Uh, I really strive, even as I grow, uh, to care for and intentionally you know, treat them well. Not to say you couldn't do that in retail or office or industrial, but multifamily, I, I really tangibly feel that impact uh, on creating a safe, secure environment for families to thrive and people to live their lives.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. So let's pivot. So we're kind of walking through the walking this path or this progression through your life here. So now you're in multifamily. And what are the what did that first those handful of years look like? The first handful, a few of years really, not handful, but yeah, first few years look like. And then kind of how how has that grown? How has that changed over that time? Kind of when you've got serious to, you know, maybe, you know, like I say, maybe halfway through your, your initial trajectory through the space.
1: Sure. So it actually took me 10 years to do my first deal on the GP okay. side. Uh, wow. Nice. Yes. Little tenacity there, Uh, not because I wasn't competent or anything like that, but health kept getting in the way. So um, but yeah, it was a lot of opportunity to learn, really hone in on what it would take to be successful. Um, I had to medically retire from my W-2 in 2017. So um, that gave me a few years, again, to hire a coach. Get lay that foundation, do some training, and so I did end up doing my first deal on the GP side just a couple of years ago.
0: Was and that, just uh, a real, real quick sidebar there. So was that a multifamily coach or like a like a personal coach? What kind of coach? Because I'm I'm interested in that. What what kind of coach do we get here?
1: Yes, yeah, it was a multifamily coach, very okay. specific for you know one of those gurus. People talk about them. It was a great experience for me. I know not everyone has that, but uh it was exactly what I needed because I didn't come from real estate. I passively invested. I learned a ton there, but you know, if I'm going to take other people's money and run a property and you know do the best that I can for my investors or residents I wanted to stop at nothing to make sure I had everything I needed to do that.
0: That's beautiful that's beautiful. so like you said you t- took 10 years to, to do that first one what what did that first one look like? was that a like a hundred unit was it was it a duplex like give us insight there.
1: 58 unit in Clarksville, 58. Tennessee. Yes. So my husband and I don't own our home. We've never owned one. So I love to tell people my uh, very first real estate purchase <laughs> was a 58 unit with my with my investors. Um, yeah, incredible deal. We'll we still own it. Um, and yeah, it was a, quite a momentous occasion, to say the least. Did
0: you did you guys just was that a uh, was that syndication or was that a partnership? What did that look like?
1: It was a syndication, and and that really leads into one of the, my biggest lessons thus far in multi. Well, I've had many, but what a pivotal one was. You can go further, faster with partners. Um, I'm very, you know, type A, go getter, only child. Like, let's go. I got the information. Let let's let's do what we need to do. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing when I had that mindset shift of. Oh, we can work with others with complementary skills, and again, go further, faster. Um, and so, yeah, co would uh, with a group that uh, I still work with and adore, and that was how we got it done.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and how many uh, did, did that group? That initial group was that? Was that kind of all? All just kind of come together initially, or did like people kind of come together like a band and like you know, you had the bass, the guitarist, and the and the keyboard, and the singer, and I like, also kind of came together. Was it just like boom, like the you know, just kind of, just right from the get go?
1: I love that analogy. That's I, you, you painted a picture there. I like that. Um, no, they they already existed, um, okay. and I in fact actually passively invested with them before, so got to know them a bit uh, in terms of how they ran things and intentionally chose them. Yeah, to Beautiful. partner with.
0: Beautiful. Let's pause right there. So, I, I, whatever, basically, I like to ask questions. Whatever, and it just pops in my head, intrigues me. So, yeah. As, as someone that's listening to this and they're like well like that's really cool like how might i participate in a group that i want to join here give us a little insight into so like you kind of you 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 know you had your radar out you you kind of honed your heat seeking missile you saw some cool some hot things going on and like how did you know that your skill set would be attractive and that you could offer something that perhaps that group already had because that's okay that's intimidating you know yes you had a coach yes. and yeah you you were you knew what you're doing in the, as a passive investor but also to have the the you know a bold or courage or whatever the word is, you know, there to say, Hey, you guys, what would you think about me partnering? And then also then offering, you know, uh, something that, that they might not have, like, well, you guys are, defi- in other words, you're saying these, you're deficient in this space, or I could do this so much, so better. Or I can right? do this so good. Then I can offer this. So give us, give us a little, like, give us the tail there.
1: Yes. So let me paint this picture. Um, I just gotten on this miracle drug. My health was amazing. Two months later, there was this wild thing called COVID (laughs) that came out. And so I, you know, not, you know, everyone's got their own beliefs, but for me, I needed to stay at home. I needed a shelter. I had a ton of time on my hands. Um, So as a passive investor that had a relationship with this group, my message to them was, I've got all the time in the world. I have some skills. I have some training. What do you guys need help with? And at first it was little tasks here and there. And then it was attending some meetings, you know, with property management that even though I wasn't part of projects or GPs, and they gradually got to know me and I gradually got to know them. And this wasn't, you know, some grand master plan for me. You know, how can I embed myself in and get what I want? It was truly coming from, if you've read the book, uh, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg.
0: Not yet, of, but I plan to.
1: Oh, please do. So. Um, it really came from how could I give value without any expectation um, or attaching any value to to what I was given. Other than I'm here to help, I'm here to serve. Um, but it ended up being just an incredible way for them to get to know me and for me to get to know them. So, to your point, that's how I figured out what their needs were, what their pain points were, how they worked, what they were looking for, what their style was, and most importantly, what their values were and if they aligned with me. So it was. It was an incredible gift to be able to, you know, as a passive investor, to be able to offer services um, and time to them. And yeah, it ended up being a great fit when I was ready to be on the GP side.
0: Yeah, just that in itself is it just like a nugget that you shared here and then maybe on the podcast too, is like people are so curious. That we talked to, I'm sure you talked to them. I talked to them, you know, beginning investors, like I want to get into real estate. How can I do yes. this? And what does this look like? And obviously there's there's clearly not one story, there's not one way of doing it, but like, okay, here's like tactical, like strategic, like here's actually something you can actually go do. Go get this book, The Go-Giver, read it. And then put yourself yes. in that position and here's like, here's a way, you know, versus just like, yes. like, try to provide value and like, you know, don't, don't ask him for a job, you know, like all, all these things, right. just like you're yelling at all the new people, like, like do this, <laughs> do this, do this, you know, versus like, okay, here's something that Amy did. And it's very, I don't, I find, I find when I listen to something like that, I find that very useful and you know, like, oh, that's, yes. like that, I can actually go do that myself or some version of that. and that, I just find mm-hmm. that to be valuable. So, uh, okay. Oh, so, I'm delighted. Yeah. So, so okay, continuing here. So, um. I do like to ask this question. This throws some people off. So, like what is an embarrassing thing that uh you know that you wish you would have known uh kind of at the beginning of your capital raising space that you quickly learned that you're probably not gonna do again here. Any stories like hopefully they're funny, but maybe just like just rather something that's like maybe makes you make makes you turn red a little bit. But you know, if you're willing (laughs) to share that with the audience, oh um, yeah, it's it's kind of vulnerable position to to share to, to step there.
1: I'm an open book. And to your point, providing value to people that are listening, vulnerability is often, you know, the key to providing value. So I I don't mind at all. Um, Trying to think of a specific instance. Let me talk through this and maybe, maybe we could pick up on something, but I truly didn't want to get into the capital raising space because I didn't want to be that used car salesman. That was my perception, right? That was my own mental block of, i want to ask people for money, a hundred grand per pop or 50 grand. You know, that's a lot of money. Right. Um, it really weighed heavily on me. So candidly for a long time, I was on the acquisition side, finding deals, bringing deals in, as opposed to uh, bringing capital, because I just had such a mental block about what this meant and what would happen with it. Um, So uh, I think that's pretty embarrassing because I didn't see that. In fact, I was connecting people with opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. That could help their families, help them diversify. And uh, truly, what I do in the investor relations space right now is, yeah, is it's I don't sell. There truly is no selling about it. It's just finding ways again from this go giver mentality of how can I serve other people. And sometimes it isn't investing in the multifamily deal. Sometimes it's telling them, I don't think this might be a good fit, you know, for for whatever reason. So it's not funny, had,
0: but yeah, it's I've, true. I've, no, yeah, I've had that too, Amy, and uh, and I think that's I think the the point is uh, just to, to restate it is simply you we have this thing, like we're gonna like try to hustle somebody and, and make them like give us money versus like, I know people say it again and again, but providing opportunity. and. If you could just clarify that point, or just elaborate upon that point, a minute it's like What yeah. really was the mind shift that occurred inside you? Like, what was like the the epiphany? Like, you thought this, and then like you had you read something, you had this thought, and now like now you're here. Because clearly, the good cap, the the really the uh, skilled capital raisers have no, they've 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 evolved or naturally are in this new mental space and this new yeah. dynamic when they talk to another person. Uh, oftentimes, a past investor. Can you give us any uh, any tips there?
1: Yes. So it's twofold. The first one is, you know, I'm kind of a chatty Kathy and I love to share what I'm doing. I started to post on LinkedIn about what I was doing just to find a way to add value again without any intention to attract people. I just thought, hey, this is a space not a lot of people know about. Most of my connections are in biotech and healthcare. Maybe they're interested in how I chose Clarksville, Tennessee, or maybe they're interested in what due diligence looks like. Um, So long story short, I started to get people asking me questions, Um, and that was really the mindset shift or the beginning of it of, well, people really are interested in this. This isn't something where I need to say, hey, give me your money. Let's go invest. You know, I need this to make my deal happen. Uh, It was really, uh, it really opened my eyes to the fact that what we do is incredibly valuable and is a service that people need. Uh, and then layer on that, you know, I've got a coach, coach Trevor McGregor, who is you know, a mindset coach. And of course, as my business grew, having conversations with someone that sees my blind spots that has experience, you're talking me through, okay, what are your fears? What's the new position we can have on this? What does this all look like? Uh, I think was the, was the second key part, uh, into changing my mindset there.
0: Oh, that's so, that's so good. That's so good. Um, so then, then you kind of hinted at it, but I'm actually, I don't want to speak here. So then your kind of role that you see yourself, or at least the public role is like investor relations. Is that true? Capital raiser or yes. investor relations or kind of both?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I think th- those terms are, are decently interchangeable for me, but sure. yes, yeah, exactly. Basically connecting people, of course, yeah, with, with deals that might work well for yeah. them.
0: So the, the question there, and it's not that, it's not that, not that great of a question, but it's an okay question. And that is what are the, uh, it's like, I know, it's like, I know when I, before I say a question, like how good it is, you know, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're like, yeah, it's okay. But anyway, um, so the, the people that you, so yourself and other people that you've seen that are successful in the capital raising space, uh, what are some, what are some traits um, that you, that I guess, like give us two traits that you think those people have adopted or either have naturally or have adopted or have learned to, to uh, you know, to, to, to grow into.
1: I would say empathy is is the number one. Yeah. It's a big one, right? So our ability to kind of almost disembody ourselves, that sounds violent, that's not what I mean, but to really step in the shoes, forgive me, step in someone else's shoes and see the world through their lens, right? You know, I've got a pair of glasses right here. We all all wear different glasses, right? That, That allow us to see differently. So if I can see, you know, for example, uh, what you want out of life, or maybe what your goals are, Johnny, or um, what your fears are, or maybe the past experiences that you've had, I am more able, again, to address your concerns or find something that fits your needs. Um, and that may not always be multifamily investing, but if I'm able to truly understand your view of the world, your model of the world, um, and instead of just shoving information at you, tailor to your concern. You know, maybe you are a high W two earner in taxes. Tax savings means a lot to you. Maybe you're extremely risk averse, and having a hundred percent of your, you know, your your net worth in the stock market freaks you out, and you want to be diversified. You know, whatever that is, you, you understand. Um, yes. So I think that empathy part—it's a muscle we all must work on constantly, uh, but is incredibly important. Good. Enough. Um, a lot of
0: lot of lot of medical analogies here. So this is good. <laughs> Muscles, like disembodied. disembodied. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought from my background <laughs> that would be it. Um, yeah, and I think also just the ability to enjoy people. From my okay, perspective, yeah. everyone has a story, and I love to learn it. I think people are—you know—not everyone's my favorite person, right? You know, I'm not going to stand up here and just be like everyone's amazing. But the truth is, everyone has something incredible about them. I talked to a gentleman earlier today. He and his wife decided to adopt a child later in life because they really wanted to, you know, give back to the world and give this this uh, disadvantaged uh, little boy a chance. That's incredible. I mean, it gives me goosebumps even to talk about it. And not everyone's story has to be that profound, but I feel like I'm a better person having known him and he may or may not invest with me and that's okay either way, but uh, it is really special to have the honor to get to know people. A lot of people, you know, tell me in depth, you know, information about their lives. And I I treat that uh, as, as a huge honor.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so and that, I don't want to even go to the next question because it's like, it kind of ruins the moment there, but, uh, as we kind of, as we kind of taper off, taper down to the end of the the, the program here, what, um, so the investor base, that's something that people ha- offer are often intrigued about. So what is, uh, what does your investor base look like? Cause you, uh, what, what, I imagine a lot of those people were initially, like you said, in the biotech space out of California, presumably high net worth people. And then you joined, uh, your current group. And then you've kind of plugged into their network, and then there's maybe there's organic growth. Give us a little insight into kind of like these different like circles of you know the spheres of, of people that you've you know inhabiting that you inhabit that you be around, and that maybe you've grown into, or that you're that you, maybe your current advertising hits. Give us like kind of that, the insight there, or how what that looks like.
1: You are spot on about the biotech healthcare professional. Uh, you know that that uh, I really resonated with. Um, you know I think that commonality is everything, right? So people know that I understand, going back to empathy, what it's like, you know, I'm not a physician, but I worked with them personally and professionally for for decades, so I can, you know, really understand where they're coming from. Uh, Same with hospital administrators, people that work in in research and drug development. Uh, And then there's also just the person in Los Angeles, which sounds generic, but that doesn't want to deal with the crazy regulations here in California. And I'm you know, through my alumni database, I went through U US, USC. So the Trojan network is a massive alumni organization. Um, good,
0: good tip. The, uh, just general, just general tip, like tap into your academic. If you're with a college, yes. you know, tap into that academic where it's very, it can be very, very powerful. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And do fun things like we're going to <laughs> football games this fall. Yeah. You better believe tailgates and all of that, because people ask, what do you do? Hey, I buy large multifamily apartments in emerging markets you what <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> with our investors Coming yeah in. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah we allow the average person to participate in that who what would you tell me more so um yeah it's a so basically yeah those are kind of my, my three buckets of USC alums um healthcare professional medical professionals and just people in Los Angeles that uh, are high net worth individuals looking to deploy capital and not create another job for themselves.
0: Well, that's, that's, that's fun. And we'll wrap it up there. And that's, that's, that's an interesting, um, not interesting, but actually a, a useful tip for the audience where like, okay, like, I don't know where we're going to get past. Maybe, maybe they, maybe their investor base is large, maybe it's small, uh, but also it's like, you know, you don't have to like, you know, chase everyone down every avatar that matches some profile across the U S and, and over to Bingo. Europe and, and Australia. Like, you know, like, look at, look at what Amy's doing. She's, you know, LA, you're hanging out with people in LA, her, you know, school alum. And then her, you know, academic, you know, her university background, and that's been a rich source of of investors for her. So, like, like don't like you know, calm down and think about the the, the circles that you're already in and how to leverage that's that, it. how to take advantage of that. So, okay, yeah this has been so good. So awesome, awesome. So thank you for taking time, Amy, to share all these things and all this knowledge with us. Uh, and then our final outro for the, uh, for our here. So thank you all uh, the audience uh, at investing. For listening to another episode, uh, another exciting episode, in my opinion, of, uh, investing. you Should know podcast, uh, of course I would like you to, uh, subscribe and then hit that like button and, uh, Amy, thank you again for uh, participating and sharing all this knowledge.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thanks again for having me.